Greetings, dear listener. You're listening to the Jaunty Mantis podcast. This is Jesse. This is Maddie. And we are presenting to you today a special bonus episode. True story. Yeah, why do we do these? Well, the Jaunty Mantis is released in seasons, 12 episodes per. And uh, the reason for that is so we have time to take a breather, get uh, extra recordings done, make sure we don't fall behind. So if you're listening to this, that means that we're in between seasons. We made it. (laughs) So we'll be back soon. And until then, enjoy this episode, this bonus episode. It's not necessarily about role-playing game topics, but it is very nerd adjacent. And we hope you enjoy it. Yep. You are listening to the Jaunty Mantis Podcast, a podcast of creative questions for curious gamers. I'm Jesse, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Manny. Say hello, Manny. Hey, how's it going, everybody? What is wrong with that? Jesus. It went a little nasal at the end, and I just went a little blimmy. Yeah. Sorry, I know I need to clear my throat, but I have a mic in front of me. What do you want, people? (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just me, you know. This, you know, I was at work and, and my boss says, uh, I was looking for coffee. Uh, we're at a conference and I was trying to find out where the cups were. And, uh, my boss was next to me and she goes, uh, Matt, you look confused. Can I help you find something? And I'm like, oh no, I, that's just my default state. So, you know, Hey, look, (laughs) that's just me. (laughs) So if I do an uncomfortable intro, you're just going to have to deal with it. What's our, what's our question? Yeah, uh, I have a question for you. Why is Ahsoka so good? I have a counter question because we're going to okay. talk about that. Why can't Star Wars fans have nice things? Because you and I and Kurt, who is in our gaming group, we're all talking about how much we love this show. But Jesus Christ, the painting men sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> and other people on other podcasts don't. And, uh, you know, I love that we have a diversity in how we watch things like some stuff lands for some people and it doesn't land for others. And life would be really boring if everything landed the same way for everybody. But I'm absolutely loving Ahsoka. We're up to like, what, four episodes at the time of this recording? Yep. Right. So you want to do like a like a halfway through the season review? Um, I just want to say, I think, you know, I, I feel like the the uh the people that don't like ahsoka and the people that hated uh last jedi uh that venn diagram is a circle and uh (laughs) and conversely the other way people that liked last jedi Mm -hmm. um and people who like ahsoka is also a circle i'm sure there's probably actually outliers but sure um i just i really hate to say it and I'm sorry if you disagree with this. You may have a very well reasoned take. Hey, write us an email, please. If you <laughs> I dare do, you. if you disagree, I dare you. Um, Keep it short. But the thing I loved about Last Jedi is that Last Jedi says, 
it blows the lid off what Star Wars can be. Mm -hmm. And Ahsoka, I feel like, is in that vein, despite being a continuation of characters wrapped up deeply in the events of the Clone Wars and the prequels uh, and the Rebellion Mm. uh, and and all that stuff. um, I feel like it is taking Star Wars in a different direction about what it can be in particular literally the force mm-hmm. i agree ahsoka i hope i'm right i am crossing my fingers because in i think the first or second episode i think filoni gives us a little bit of a taste about where this is going and it starts with the idea so full spoilers for ahsoka everybody for the first four episodes but in ahsoka there is the idea of another galaxy. Star Wars has always been about the one galaxy, unless you're reading like the books with what are they called? The Yuzang Vong, the the, the Yuzang Vong. That's what they are. The uh, skin job SNM like uh, environmentalists or something like that. I don't they really remember. like coral, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they're from another galaxy, right? And and but it for the most part. 99% of the time, Star Wars is always about the galaxy that they are all in. Which and is wild. That is entirely wild. It's just like, it's just got to be confined to this one galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or how this one family affects this entire galaxy. Which speaks to what you were saying about The Last Jedi. But with Ahsoka, um, the idea of going to another galaxy in the Star Wars universe is insanely interesting. And there is a slight hint at it, and it takes place on that that um, hyperspace, that giant hyperspace ring. And it's towards the end of episode one or in a, a I can't remember which one it is, but um, the main female character, uh, Morgan Elspeth, I think her name is. Yeah. She, She's communicating with Balon Skull, who he's doing an amazing job as that character. We'll get to that in a second. But she's communicating through them. And and one thing about our Star Wars galaxy that we know is their communication is very specific. It's this hollow image. It's crappy. It's blippy. They cut out. Their voice gets warped. And we know this because, like... All right, Star Wars is a huge galaxy, and this is a form of communication. It's a form of communication you can do anywhere, and that's why it's so shitty and low quality as far as a holographic image. Like our world has better communication technology than Star Wars. Well, it doesn't convey messages like faster than the speed of light across galactic distances, to be Mm -hmm. fair, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah. But the quality, you know, like we have high quality HD screens. I'm communicating with you over Zoom, not by shitty hollow images that like flicker and blip out for dramatic effect, which I'm not complaining about. I love. But on this hyperspace ring, if I <laughs> I'll get to my point eventually, folks. On this hyperspace ring, when that communication technology, that hollow image appears, it is fluid, it is clear, it is highly detailed. There's little to no blipping. It's almost as if it is of a higher technology or a different technology. And I think that is Filoni hinting and saying, we are about to take Star Wars in a bold 
new direction because Star Wars has always been trapped by lightsabers and stormtroopers and TIE fighters. And I love all of these things, but at some point we're just going to exhaust it. And I think Filoni's so, saying we are going in a new direction. We are going to start going to blow the top off of this shit. And we're going to do it with witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so I'm super excited. You know, I'm super excited about it. I I, I hope I am not wrong about this because this so, is exactly this, what Star Wars needs. I agree. I agree. This is the thing, too, that like it rebels and some of the stuff in clone wars that feloni did primed the pump for this mm -hmm. and i think also again last jedi ray's meditation scene and mm -hmm. the cave mm -hmm. is they've never the normal movies the normal continuity have never leaned into how fucking weird the force is uh-huh like no, literally, it gives people magic powers. It's mm -hmm. bizarre and poorly understood. Mm -hmm. And you see people indoctrinated in one tradition talking about it in front of people that don't believe in it and don't understand it most mm -hmm. of the time. And so they just seem like experts. Mm -hmm. And yep. what Filoni's been saying, I feel like, and again, uh, Last Jedi did, like, no, you don't know shit. You mm -hmm. don't know shit about mm -hmm. the force. It is an entire galaxy where the force exists. There's going to be more than Jedi and Sith. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I love the Night Sisters inclusion. Like, yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Multiple force traditions and how we perceive and understand the force. My favorite moment in Last Jedi is Luke's reaction to Rey touching the dark side because she does so effortlessly. And she does so without any of the preconceived ways we understand the dark side. She just touches it just in a brief moment. And he's like, what the hell did you just do? Like, it's like everything he's learned to avoid. She just reaches out and grabs it right in front of him, just touches it very briefly. And it scares the shit out of him. Right. And, you know, I, I've, I have these conversations with my girlfriend often about how you know, for, the force always talks about balance, but the light side is constantly keeping itself from the dark element. It's constantly rejecting the dark side to the point where it is hurting them and they don't realize it. They think they're doing the right thing by avoiding the dark side, but by not letting a little bit of it in and creating balance, they are essentially opening themselves up to catastrophe because they can't they can't avoid it forever, you know, and to cite a podcast called core, which is a video game podcast. One of the hosts, John Jagger on that podcast pointed out that, you know, usually when a Jedi crosses over to the dark side, they go from being this like stoic wizard to then being this mustache twirling, you know, crazy person. And I think that's what, uh, you know, as John points out on that episode, that's what makes Balon Skull such a great character because he's oh my boy, my boy Balon. <laughs> you know, he is that stoic bad guy. He's still a Jedi. You know, I absolutely love it. Yep. What yep. is your favorite moment in Ahsoka so far? 
Um, I think it's probably the Balin Ahsoka confrontation on mm-hmm. in in the latest episode. Just like, you know, like I don't know. There's parts where he seems angry, you know, mm-hmm. but like it's a lightsaber fight. But like when he's just talking to her, mm-hmm. like I I I think I think he's very much uh, as oh. What is what would Dan Carlin call it? He's like he's a historical arsonist again. Uh, just just some people in history. You imagine that they they have to uh, burn everything down so that new things can grow. Yeah, I mean that's that's mm-hmm. him. He's just like this whole thing is fucked. The Republic was corrupt. Mm-hmm. The Empire was evil. Mm-hmm. The war didn't go long enough. Everybody mm-hmm. needed to be reduced to being cavemen. Mm-hmm. And then from that, we can grow something new outside this millennial old cycle of Jedi and Sith. Right. Like something, something new can grow out of it. I don't know. What it, I don't think despite having said they'll get power from doing this. I think he just said that to keep his apprentice mm-hmm. in line. I don't know if he believes. I don't think he wants power. I don't think mm-hmm. he wants to be in charge. Again, four episodes out might be wrong. <laughs> we got two more to find out. You know. Oh, is it six? I thought it was eight. I thought it was, oh, was eight. It, I hope it's eight. I hope it's eight. <laughs> <laughs> so here, let me relate this to our actual topic of the show. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games had the Star Wars RPG license for a while. Yes. And they produced like three core books using their gimmicky dice system, which I actually love and think is a great system. I played a couple mini campaigns of it. Um, and they had the scum and villainy one or mm-hmm. edge of the empire one or what, mm-hmm. whatever it was called. The basically the firefly esque, you know, you're on Tatooine, you know, like the marshal of Tatooine, whatever. Um, and then they had the, the rebellion one where you're fighting the, as a rebel in the galactic civil war. And then they had force and destiny and force and destiny's default campaign assumption is that you are awakened as a force sensitive and you're just trying to figure out what this means Mm. and maybe uncover the legacy of the Jedi. And, you know, it's just like, when it came out, I read it. I was like, cool, Force Power, Star Wars, I'll try it. I ran a little bit of the campaign book they they put out. But it never really clicked with me because I had not yet seen The mm. Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen the part of Rebels with the weird fungus dude and like <laughs> the, the wolves uh-huh. and the world between worlds. And I hadn't mm. seen Ahsoka. And now that I have, I'm like, I have ideas. <laughs> yeah, I man. get way too literal about stuff. And Ahsoka has been like just the last final, like the last little piece of the dam out. That's just like, you can make the force really fucking weird, man. Mm-hmm. And I've got permission now. And I love that. Yep. Star Wars is at its best when it gets weird. You know, the space whales, you know, when they are, you know, they, they, this, this is something from rebels. It's appeared in Ahsoka. It's obviously the mechanism that's going to get them where they need to go. Um, but you know, there's all this other weird stuff that happens and rebels, you know, is very good at showing you brief moments of the weird, but there's a connecting theme in 
all of the Star Wars animation, which is the Mortis gods, the three um, force gods that are on that weird asteroid in the Clone Wars cartoon. Can we just talk about how weird those episodes were and how great that was? And how it opened up your idea about what, you know, like I have, I say this all the time. Dave Filoni is to Star Wars what Chris Claremont was to the X-Men. You know, it doesn't at this point, no disrespect to George. I know people say like George Lucas killed their childhood or whatever, blah, 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 blah. I never agreed with that. Like, hey, George, thanks for making Star Wars. As far as I'm concerned, Dave Filoni is Star Wars. Dave Filoni has made Star Wars deep and interesting and has given it a weird potential that I think will take it into the future. If we can, if, if the fans can stop fighting with each other over it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 um, Okay. This is okay. This is cruel. I'm going to say it anyway, because it's my podcast. (laughs) I genuine, genuinely feel that what people don't like about newer star Wars properties like this is mm. they're just not great at dealing with complexity. <laughs> but these people will tell you they love Andor. Uh, Do, wait, does Andor have complexity or is Andor all depth? Andor is is like wading like neck deep through subtext that I feel like, you know, not everybody's getting. Mm. Like... I still again this is this is okay here's my moral cowardice as I sit here in my office it can't be seen on camera but right over there I'm pointing mm-hmm. to my right for the listeners at home mm-hmm. uh is a giant picture that looks like it's a poster it's designed to look faded and it's got a picture of Darth Vader pointing and it says your empire needs you and I don't look at that all the time and since watching Andor every time <laughs> I do I'm like I got to take that down <laughs> because the empire is not just like wacky british accents and suits and darth vader's cool because he's like so tough the part that wormed itself into my brain when i was a small child you know Mm -hmm. um yeah andor made them brutal fucking fascists Mm -hmm. terrible monsters like yeah and it really does show you why there's a rebellion you know like it's 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 one thing to say, oh yeah, there's this horrible thing happening and we're a rebellion. There's another thing to show you that this had to happen. That like this like Andor fills you with dread. You're like, like you, I know how this turns out. And I'm like, oh God. You know, like this is horrible. Like the actress who plays Mon Mothma suffering through her silence and feeling ineffective spoilers for Andor that like she is not able to take control of her own life and, and can trust nobody around her. The show is just killing you with these ideas and these concepts to be like, this is so fucking hopeless that these people had no choice, but to do it dirty. And that's what the rebellion is. It's not all fucking like great shot kid. Now, you know, let's blow this thing and go home. That's the adventure side. And Andor is the side of it. That's like the empire is terrible. And here's why. Yeah. This is what these people had to do in order to, to fight it. 
And I know that a lot of people are like, oh, Andor doesn't get good until episode three. I love slow stuff. I was in it from the very, I was in it from the first five minutes. I was like, this is different. I'm, Just the I'm, world building of the corporate sector and the brick city and the gong yep. and like, oh, so good. So, so good. <laughs> My favorite thing in Ahsoka is Huang. The, the yeah. droid by yeah, perfectly he's, he's voiced great. by David Tennant. Perfect character, a great character in the Clone Wars cartoon, but then mind blowing in the show. And this is a show where Rosario Dawson, one of my favorite actors, is playing Ahsoka, one of my favorite characters. And the restraint in that character that this actor is showing you. Because, like, that's another complaint I've heard about Ahsoka, where they're like, all the characters are different. Like, the last time I saw these characters, they had life and energy in a cartoon, and they don't have that anymore. And it's like, yeah. That's, that's, that's the same complaint about Last Jedi. Like, they did, they did Luke dirty. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you are the same person at 50 mm -hmm. that you were when you were 18, your mm -hmm. life is tragic. Mm hmm. And I think that the context of what's happened in Star Wars, like these, the Rebels characters specifically are have survived a terrible thing. Kanan is gone. Ezra is gone. Like they, yeah, they beat the Empire, but now what do they do with themselves? Like they have no choice but to kind of sit in the monotony of bureaucracy and then you have Sabine who feels completely useless and out of place. And then you have Ahsoka who's like, you know, the product of all of these terrible things who's has this like, what what is that? Um, the guilt of survivor syndrome. Like that's yeah, what I get. Guilt. Survivor's guilt. That's what it is. That's what I get from Rosario's performance as Ahsoka. And I think it's fucking brilliant that she has this survivor's guilt. She didn't play a role in the rebellion you know like she was fulcrum and she helped build those events but she was out of the picture for a lot of it we still don't know where she was for a significant portion of it right and maybe i'll be proven wrong i don't know but the brief moments where she starts smiling again and you see that energy from the cartoon version of the character when she was younger and it's just peeking through this show is fucking brilliant but he Wang, that's my favorite part. Yeah, I was I was gonna say too, <laughs> like Carrie was talking about that, just like she yeah, she's so different. And it was not Carrie complaining about it, mm -hmm. you know, when we're watching. She's like, she's so different because I mean, all the things she's been through. And I'm like, yeah, well, one of the things is too is like I know she'd bristle at this term, but she's flying around with a repository of Jedi training and lore. Mm -hmm. She's still connected to the force and using all this stuff. At this point, mm -hmm. she's kind of a Jedi master. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's not going to be incredibly impulsive. Like she's not 15. <laughs> like, right. yeah, she grew up. Yeah. She's seen some shit too. Yeah. Like, and she had to grow up after they kicked her out of the order. And then they left. were like, well, they kicked her out um, for political reasons. And then when her innocence was proven, then they welcomed her back and she was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. You know? So in my version, they that they kicked her out. She just decided not to take the sloppy seconds and come back. She stood up for herself. 
the uh i love i love too this is related we're off ahsoka now sorry we're just freewheeling <laughs> dave Filoni star wars uh i love i don't want to call them redemption arcs mm-hmm. but the the dave Filoni uh touch with the villains of like humanizing them the way mm-hmm. he does that over such a slow burn and mm-hmm. i feel like Balin is like that that perfected like he's from the moment you see him he's like this is a, this he's humanized just by the portrayal of the actor and and the dialogue um but like I mean Ahsoka was sort of friends with Ventress for a minute mm-hmm. like um Darth Maul mm-hmm. being a character like <laughs> yeah <laughs> the balls on that creative team the balls on that creative team to say, hey, remember that guy that got chopped in half and was like, I fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi as he was falling down the shaft? Like, yeah, we're going to bring him back and actually make him into an actual character. And at first you're going to bristle against it because the idea is kind of ridiculous. But this is a, a show about space wizards with laser swords. So you'll get over it because we're going to do great work. I mean, it's Filoni that I have to thank for, sadly, uh, what happened with the Solo movie. Because, like, hmm. uh, at the end of Solo, when, you know, like, that hologram of, like, the owner of, like, whatever, Red Death or Dawn, whatever, yeah. the leader comes up and it's fucking Maul. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. excited about that because I want to know, I want to see Maul do more in the middle of his life. Right. You know um or i guess pretty near the end of his life actually uh well the weird that's the weird thing about the solo movie in the timeline if you go and you look at it on the disney plus hub where it fits in is kind of odd you know like i knew han solo was older than princess leia but it's like i didn't know he was that much older like it's kind of weird you know the age of the characters is something star wars kind of gets really bendy with you know, like Ezra is like 14 or 15 and he meets Princess Leia, but she's like an adult sort of. So she must be late teens or early 20s. And Luke is older than her, right? Isn't like just by a couple of minutes. So like he, I thought he was just a, like a, a brash, smart mouth kid being played by an adult actor. But, you know, it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, the time the timing kind of gets screwed up in, in the way that they're presenting it yeah so yeah i i think this show is amazing i love i i i think about it uh i find myself drifting off and thinking about it i i'm restraining myself from going and wa- re-watching the episodes I, I like i i keep wanting to go watch specific parts because they are putting a lot of stuff on the screen that i think people are going to go back and look at and be like wait a minute because but that's another thing that Filoni has done well. Like there, there are people that have found images of Grogu in Rebels, like on like cave paintings and shit, or at least what we assume to be Grogu, right? It could just be another Yoda alien who uses the force, but probably Grogu, right? <laughs> so like yeah, Dave Dave Filoni's version of the long dog from Bluey is is Grogu. So <laughs> oh Bluey. <laughs> another amazing show oh it's yeah. so good okay so um what was i gonna say yeah i saw a tiktok where i'm not sure that i believe the evidence but like 
I'm waiting to see the cockpit like view of mm-hmm. the ghost again because I'm pretty sure from a TikTok I saw that there is a little circular picture of Kanan like played on, by Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, yeah, it. on on the dash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think we're gonna see live action Kanan. I think that's just Filoni flexing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think he's just like. It's like watching a fantasy show and realizing that the sconces or the torches that they put on the walls have discoloration from the smoke, even though they're not lit up because it's during the day. It's like somebody thought about this and said, we need to subtly impress the uh, the idea that this is a lived in environment to the audience. So we can't just have torches on the walls in this fake set of fake stone. We need to impress upon the audience that your subconscious is going to be like, oh, there's black smudge parts on the wall where the flames are, but you're not going to say it out loud unless you're me and you're pressing pause and pointing it out, right? I think that's what that is. Could be wrong, but our most recent episode of Ahsoka ends with the gateway or whatever they call it. And, you know, she's waking up and there's Anakin Skywalker, and I've never been excited to see the Christian Hayden Christensen version of Anakin Skywalker. And one of the biggest complaints I had about Clone Wars, a show I love, is that the Anakin Skywalker in Clone Wars is it's like the tale of two Anakins because the Anakin in the movies is so significantly different in personality and presentation, and for some fucking reason maybe it's just wish fulfillment i think that's all coming together i think those two versions of the character is coming together right now in the next episode i think he's going to nail it yep i'm excited for that (laughs) the movie theater near you did you hear about that yeah i did i I, i'm not driving to dallas tomorrow but you know Yeah, what the fuck is inside that one Inquisitor when he got cut open? There was like smoke or bugs inside of him or something. What what, what the fuck was that? Was that some oh, that, fucking night witch? Yeah, that night was sister night, magic. Yeah, yeah, night night sister magic, um, or night witch magic. Yeah, yeah, night sister. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, it's night sister witchcraft. There we right. go. Right, right. Yeah, because that's how you see it in Rebels and stuff. It's always the green smoke. So whatever that inquisitor had been had obviously been enchanted by you know yeah oregon <laughs> yeah my um my brother my younger brother because my older brother and i love rebels clone wars all that shit it's awesome my younger brother hasn't seen that much of it but he started watching ahsoka and after watching the first episode he was like i think i need to go back and watch rebels and clone wars and i was like watch rebels then watch Ahsoka, then go back and watch Clone Wars. Like Clone Wars, you got to watch chronologically. If you are hearing the sound of my voice and you've never watched the Clone Wars animated show, look it up online, watch it chronologically. It's so much better. For whatever reason, this is the last smelly thing about the George Lucas era of Star Wars. They specifically did it under George's instructions to be shown out of chronological order. It didn't work. I, I respect the effort, but not the result. Uh, find the list online, watch it in chronological order. You will be doing yourself a favor. So, yeah. Can't wait. So we like Star Wars. I don't know if you uh, <laughs> listeners of the John T. Mantis uh, yeah. 
podcast do, knew that. Yeah, I could do a whole episode on Padme Amidala. Yeah, it's it's still on the books to happen. <laughs> yeah, email us or don't, uh, and we may no. Do just it please, please email us. Please. But keep it brief. Yeah, Jaunty Mantis at Gmail. No, make it as long as you want. No, it's, if you make it as long as you time. want, I'm going to cut it down. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think is going to happen? Episode five. From the bottom, it's a trick. <laughs> which part? Hmm. Which part? I don't think the whales take them there. I think she oh. uses the world between worlds to get there. Oh, okay. I think she uses the world between worlds to get there. I think that Hera gets there with the whales. Oh, you think Hera's going too? Yeah. Okay. Yes, I do. Now, anything I... to get more chopper time. Oh, oh my God. The best chopper scene ever is where they're following them. And she's like, would you put the tracker on their ship? No, I didn't go through your stuff. And then they show it. <laughs> they show what his stuff is. His little lunchbox full of parts. What was crazy is I could understand him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm yes. like, oh my God, I can understand what Chopper's saying. <laughs> like, Do you know who does the voice for Chopper? I don't know who does it. Baloney. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Um, I do want to say this, this was really funny. This is just a little anecdote related to it. Um, I was talking to my buddy, Mark, uh, who's over on Saturday and I was telling him like, Oh man, you're watching Ahsoka. Okay. I'm glad you love it, but you gotta go watch rebels. He hasn't watched mm. rebels. Like you got, you gotta go watch rebels. Then we got talking about other things about stars. Like, Oh God, have you seen this? There's this guy on TikTok who puts Gandalf's fall music, like the <laughs> like the what? ethereal elven choir music, like uh -huh. like that whole thing? He puts it on Star Wars scenes to see if it hits harder, and it does. Like oh every God. single time. Send like this to me. Sixty six with that music. Jesus, it's harrowing. Before but the one that I, <laughs> the one that I opened to find to show him is just like it's him being like. Here's me. I'm putting this thing here to see if it hits harder. Mm. And then there's Ezra on top of a fuel tank in like a flight suit being like, come on, let's get out of here. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> One, yep. I can't bear the grief of watching that scene again with that mm. music in two little bit of spoilers for yeah. Rebels right there. I have seen Rebels three times in total now. And on the third time, I cried just as much at those parts as I did the first two times. The only difference was this time my girlfriend and I were holding each other while we did it. <laughs> oh, it's like me in that Subaru commercial where the dad drops his daughter off at college. I think this is a little different, but okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying I cry just as hard every time I see it. Oh, okay. I thought you were my saying daughter the is Subaru seven commercial. Podcast listeners, she's seven. I thought you were saying a Subaru commercial was the equivalent of the moment where Kanan dies. Yes, that's <laughs> spoilers for Rebels. And the moment not only the moment where Kanan dies, here's the brilliance of how they do that because everything does that. Every show, every movie fucking does a sacrifice moment. Rebels not only kills it in that moment. They also have a the moment where Ezra finds the gateway. And of course, the first thing he wants to do after he gets his bearings is go also save Kanan. 
which you could totally do and that would be the show but the the restraint that the creative team had to dangle that in front of you for dramatic effect but then not let him do it chef's kiss beautiful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just beautiful i love it have you seen uh by the way freddie prince jr talk about the fight between darth maul and obi-wan no the the final encounter from rebels no no send that to me as well uh like i'm i'm just going to paraphrase it for the podcast <laughs> listeners if you watch that fight which you should because you should have watched rebels by now mm-hmm. uh spoilers for rebels <laughs> like <laughs> darth maul tracks down obi-wan and obi-wan's gonna like i'm gonna have to end you because you just figured out about luke so mm-hmm. um when it happens and they're about to throw down the first stance he does is the old handout saber over his head mm-hmm. like general kenobi stance Mm -hmm. and then he thinks about it for a moment and is like oh no mistakes are made i'm not that guy anymore and switches into the old obi-wan stance that he fought vader with Mm -hmm. and then thinks about it again because he's been playing this fight through his head for his whole life since he saw his master get killed by this guy he switches into qui-gon's stance to bait maul into the same attack and then just gets him in one shot Oh man, I gotta fucking watch that again. And it's like I wouldn't have believed it if it weren't Felony, if it weren't a Felony show. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, this is a lesson about creativity, right? Like, if you're going to do anything creatively, take the time to add depth to it, complexity, purpose. Otherwise, it's just masturbation. And I feel like that's which is what... fun, but not something you generally do in front of lots of other people. <laughs> but even though, but Star Wars fans do it all the time in front of each other. They just like to hit each other and call each other names while they do it. So you know, I I will say this. Um, you know, I say it every time. Star Wars. I'm still waiting for Quinlan Boss, as is in the comics. Not the surfer bro version that's in Clone Wars. The, the um, you know, native mystic stereotype that they used him with uh, for that one. But like that story. You mean Psychometry Star Sheriff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the party dude mystic tracker character that they made him into, which I thought was terrible. But yeah. Give us Quinlan right. Voss. We keep trying to get out of this, but I keep wanting to add context. Just <laughs> when Maddie and I lived together was the golden age of the Dark Horse Clone Wars comics. Oh, they were wonderful. Which were so, so good. Mm. And Quinlan Voss in those was such an interesting character. Yes. Like just so in so cool. Yes. Um and uh yeah, the we we just loved reading those books, and those books are the reason why mm-hmm. every time I see the Order sixty six scene, I get teary. Right, because it's certainly not Luke what Lucas did to the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, Filoni has had Plorcoon and Kietamundi in you know Clone Wars, and you got to know them a little bit better. Plorcoon like more so than Kietamundi. 
Um, but those comics made like I was like, I know each of these people, and I felt like I just watched a friend die every time right. I watched that. So for those of you who don't know, <laughs> the Dark Horse Star Wars comics, although they are not necessarily canon, they have pulled some stuff from them. But it it was like the writers and artists of those illustrators of those comics knew that they had some heavy lifting to do. It was like a double-edged sword. It was like, well, the prequels didn't really meet expectations. They didn't land, you know, I like the prequels way more than the sequels, but I still don't think the prequels are all that great. Like, at least Lucas was trying for something different. It just didn't land at all. He completely shit the bed. But what the creators did in those Dark Horse comics is they were like, okay, now it's on us much like Filoni did with Clone Wars, the show and Rebels. It's like they were like, it's on us to now prove that this was actually how this played out and that 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 these convergence of characters and storylines mean something. And the Quinlan Voss character starts his story starts with him not knowing who he is. He's lost. He has amnesia. He's lost. He's a Jedi who has forgotten who he is and wakes up in a moment of rage and shoots force lightning at people who are trying to kill him. And that's how the story begins. That's what we know of this character. He's a Jedi who has lost his memory. And although he understands what the commonplace things are of the Star Wars universe, he's forgotten all of that training, all of that build up, all of the ritual and subtext to the religion of being a jedi so he's like dancing back and forth over the line of light side and dark side as he's trying to figure out what the fuck happened to him and it is super fucking compelling it's dark there is a there is a weird you know there's there's a weird element of padawan and master because his padawan is elias sakura the twi'lek the aqua colored twi'lek um, I think she has a French accent in the um, Clone Wars show, and they briefly make mention of it in the Clone Wars show that they're that that they were master and apprentice. But in the comic, they also hint that the two of them might have had an intimate or sexual relationship, which, obviously, looking back at it through the modern lens, is super fucked up. But I don't enjoy stories that only make me feel good and are okay like it adds context to the character now they may have never had that relationship and that might have just been what i read into it but there were moments a big theme of the books of that era is like isn't it fucked up that jedi take on these children as students and then they basically have adopted them and have these quasi parental relationships with them and all at all at the same time they're not allowed to form attachments to them but they depend on each other in life and death situations and that's a huge theme of the throughput of the star wars prequel comic from dark horse yeah it's just that like we're utterly failing because we are failing this attachment thing like exactly. we, we can't we can't possibly actually do this like <laughs> yeah yeah all right. Any other tangents we want to go on for this first uh, John T. Mantis Star Wars showdown? I'm just going to say Asherat Het and then oh, I'm done. Dude, are we going to start talking about no, that? No, we're not going to talk about Asherat Het. 
Oh, what a wonderful character. What a brilliant multi-generational character. Just, oh, fucking fascinating. Yeah, all right. Okay, next time. <laughs> we could do a whole episode just on him. We'll have to make it about Star Wars RPGs because, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. so this will probably be a bonus episode. Ah, fuck it. We'll put it on the main feed anyway. Who cares? Yep. We don't have a secondary feed. What the fuck am I talking about? All right. Take us out, Jess. All right. If you are looking for us, you can find us at Jaunty Mantis on threads. You can find us at Jaunty Mantis on Instagram. And you can email us at jauntymantis at gmail.com. Keep it brief. Don't just write what you just <laughs> just follow your heart. Um I am on X at Jingoist Fet. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I don't know. I might enjoy it if someone actually messaged me, but you know <laughs> <laughs> that's not your problem, dear listener. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. And Maddie, how do you feel about social media? For first-time listeners who wandered into this episode for some reason. It's a stain on humanity that future generations will look back at and laugh at us for. Like, there are these things we look back at human race in the past and we're like, what the fuck were they thinking? You know? It's a volcano. There was no god inside the mountain who was angry at them because you know, because of their stupid rituals, like social media is going to be that thing. And if we're lucky, it'll be so brief. and It'll be such a blip that nobody will really remember it. But I think social media ain't going to make it into the future. I hope you're right. Yeah, me too. I'm doing my part. All right. And until next time, get out there and fucking watch Ahsoka. God damn it. And watch, watch fucking Rebels or some shit. Yeah, and fucking watch Clone Wars or some shit. Or the Bad Batch, dude. The Bad Batch is so good. We have to stop. We have <laughs> to stop at some point. But you're right. Okay. <laughs> good morning, good night, wherever you are. This has been the Johnny Mandel.